Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That, Joy 94.9. It's Chris here with episode 831 and uh, across the desk I have my compatriots. Gordon and Bill, in that order. Oh, right, okay. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, it's some sort of order, isn't it? Well, if there wasn't order it would be chaotic. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Well, we can make our own chaos here. We occasionally do. (laughs) We've got a little bit of a weird and wonderful show because the world is weird and wonderful at the moment. Uh, It seems to be getting more frantic and confused and where were the good old days when you could actually sit down and watch the clouds wisp by? They were before we had all this information technology and all that sort of stuff. But I need it. I need to know. No, you don't. You really don't. I don't. No, this is where it's all happening. Everything happens for 20 seconds and we just, where we used to be able to sit down and smell the roses, now you can't because you get interrupted by phone calls and But I've got a TV newscast coming up. Oh, have you? Oh. And I've got social media to respond to. Oh, oh. Isn't that that's that's a shame then that you won't be able to do it, you know? It just you, you've got to stop, you know. You really have to stop. Yeah, when all the electricity runs out and we can't recharge our smart devices. Mm. I've, I've got a new technology because at the moment we're into virtual reality and all sorts of simulated and oh, artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah. I'm working on actual reality. Oh, are you? It's the next big thing. That that's going to come make a comeback, is it? Yeah. Well, it's. It's a, a concept where instead of sitting down and playing a video game of basketball, you actually step outside with a basket and a ball. And, and you play. physically play it. Oh, Can dear. you it's hold that thought, please, Phil? I'll do that I right now. I think we'll discuss that in chat number two. What else are we going to mention on today's show? Well, it is on the 20th today, the day Transgender of Day of, of remembrance. remembrance. Yes. We'll have a mention about that and we'll have... A small examination and consideration of all the promises being made to us uh, Mm. by our our politicians of all various colorations. In chat number two, we'll talk about fantasy and reality, and uh, we might even have a passing reference to uh, Stan Lee and perhaps even a fellow from Finland that we we know is heavily in... Into fantasy. Exactly, in chat three, we'll be talking about Benelong, an Aboriginal elder. No, no, he wasn't an elder at this stage. He became an elder, but he was an he, Aboriginal of one of the tribes around Sydney, mm-hmm. where Sydney is now, and he was an intermediary between Indigenous peoples and the invading... <gasps> am I that yes, that word? that's right. Invading Forces. English peoples. Mm. And uh, we've got some international news for our fourth little chat in today's program. Okay, so where are we going to start with? Well, 
The, tra- the Transgender Day of Remembrance is observed annually on the 20th of November as a day to memorialise those who've been misled of transphobia and to draw attention to the continued violence endured by the transgender community. This celebration was started back in 1999 by Rita Hester, who lived in Massachusetts, but then it's become international as other countries and states have decided to pick up on the the need for recognition of the transgressions against the transgender community. And there are a lot of them. When you you, you start to realise how many transgendered people in the world have been murdered every year, because of, because they are transgender and um, they get seem to get into um, cer- certain types of people's um, misunderstanding or something well, around, don't they? Some some people who can't cope with the non-binary mm. think that it's an open season, and they think it's easy to do. I yeah. think this is the problem. And you, know, uh, you can get away with it. Mm. And uh, I think the laws in some parts of the world are now making sure that in marriage, in, in ways of discrimination against people, a little more equality or a big bit more equality is coming in. I think you mentioned something about India recently. Well, I, I have a vague feeling that India has decriminalised um, transgenderism. But there's also been some very interesting movies made about transgenderism at the, uh, by um, the TV stations in America, mm. which have been very, very good. And a couple of films have been made as well. Trans-America. Trans-America. It's and a brilliant film. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there's a few of those others. It's, it, they're absolutely quite brilliant movies. Yeah, but it's people. raising awareness. Mm, mm. And uh, that's what the general population needs to perhaps consider. We've, we've had a bit more exposure to it, and we know transgender people are part of the general queer community mm. and we've had our successes and it's now time for them to to rake up a few points on the board it's hard to understand the phobia though what are people scared of this this is a person who's been born essentially in the wrong body yeah they feel like the opposite gender yeah they've sought relief and have found it that's something to celebrate. Yeah, well, there's a, a, where's the fear? And of course, it's happening a lot now with uh, younger people who, when they're very young and they they have this feeling that they're in the wrong body, and now they've got a clinic out at the children's hospital here in Melbourne that um, has you know they can go to and they can talk about it and do do everything about it. Yeah, so, because yeah. I guess traditionally you're told, oh, you're too young to know what you're talking about, yeah. or it's a phase you'll grow out of it, or mm, just dismissing mm, it. Mm, mm, mm. But there are some very enlightened parents these days yeah. too that realize that there is something wrong with the child and they will take them to the uh, the clinic and they can get uh, help and all well, this which is again, rather, rather wonderful yeah there are pioneers in the trans community who have paved the way mm. of making it acceptable to have uh, someone in the family like that and there are now solutions mm. uh, well documented and well approved and I'm, I don't know whether they've overcome the the final problem that we've always sort of known about and feared for the trans community, that when trans people get super old and their memory starts to go... Well, if they get I dementia... Don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know how that is now being resolved, but that's the biggest problem I see. One of the big problems, of course, is, is certain groups of people that will not accept that a transgendered woman is hmm. not born a woman. 
and they don't like that. Oh, you know, well, it's just you know one of those things. But it's pretty difficult. Is it that hard to understand though? Well, I guess it's because they. Are I guess if you live in the binary world, you're stuck in that world, mm-hmm. and you you have no motivation to open your eyes yeah, and learn. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, uh, the U.S. is giving us some wonderful examples of uh, how to discriminate with their so-called bathroom laws. Yes. uh, Toilet laws, I think they mean, or lavatory laws. And they have concepts that we have well and truly left behind, it it would seem. It's amazing. I At the Coming Back Out Ball, last one, all the toilets in the Melbourne Town Hall are uh, mixed gender. Yeah. How do they describe it? It just says on the door, it says mixed gender toilets. All right. And you go, and then they've done the same thing at the Fitzroy Town Hall where we, with the seniors dance, and that's got mixed gender toilets on every on every toilet door. Well, on it here on our toilet door here, mixed gender. No, we've got we've called it all All gender. Yeah. Well, it may be all genders on the on the other thing, but because uh, just makes the statement takes away anybody can go in. Yeah, exactly, and expect anybody to be Be in in there. there. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if you can't perform bodily functions and get embarrassed if someone else is listening to it, you need to really get sorted out. Chris, if you come from a mixed sex household. You do it all the you time. You do it all the time. Everybody uses the same loo. So what's the difference? Exactly. <laughs> You'd yeah. get in trouble in American politics by pointing out the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> what are you people complaining about? You do it at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, Dad goes in that one. Mum goes in that one. Uh, and there. No, right. well, that's us. Partly the problem with more toilets in the home than than bedrooms or people. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's got an ensuite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We do those things in private and talk about laws but we have our politicians our lawmakers uh, oh yes they, they, they seem to have so, since we've had the marriage equality they seem to have recognized that the gay vote actually might matter because they started to throw a little bit of of promises in our direction yeah this is right you know well but they, they not only after the pink dollar they're after the pink vote of course and um, we are a, a, a rather large section of the community, as they have since found out since the equal marriage vote, that yeah. we are a rather large lot of people, and not not physically large, but we are a large group of people. And but where, uh, where's the office that you go to after the election to cash in your, your, your promises? promises. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't seem to be open yet. Yeah, well, I don't, don't think they're doing But the, the thing about with these this new early polling situation where you go to the polls before the voting, they've had to bring out all their uh, promises very early yeah. so that the people that are going to vote early will you, know what they're going to get. But do you mean that all these promises in the last week are not going to happen? Oh, or excuse me. Just watch this space. Watch this space. Yeah. I'd be lucky to see one in ten. I've al- I've, al- I've already voted, but then I, I get a postal vote now, so I've um, oh, right. did that thing. But they do recommend that you vote below the line in oh, the yeah. in the upper house in the in the oh, thing right. because that negates the preference whisper of bloke that's sort mm. of trying to get all these small little parties into power. So yesterday I filled out my form and went from one to forty four or whatever it was and no. Just put numbers all over the place. Good for you then. Yeah. <laughs> so they're Excellent. not going to get my vote. Yeah. Uh, you are the Gordon, Phil and Chris being there. Done that joy 94.9. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris, being there, done that on Joy 94.9. 
I am hooked by newscasts telling me what's happening in the real world. But I know a lot of people who use the goggle box mm. as a form of entertainment, of bringing them comedy, and I like a little bit of that as well. But the, the, the real housewives of wherever or the Kardashians have just gone and scratched their bum or whatever else this show, show might Which be. Which oddly is called reality, reality television. It's it. It's mm. virtually scripted. Hmm. Do you not think that since the invention of all this, the goggle box, it was meant to be an, ed- an education medium and so you become more informed about what's going on in the world. But these days, as Phil has said, you get um, all, all these things that are supposed to be reality. And I, I have to turn off. I can't can't look at it because it's not really reality. But Even then the, the house makeovers are yeah, not reality. But when you, when you get um, a lot of people that will go home um, from their ordinary daytime jobs... And they will just sit down and watch that, and they don't watch anything else. Mm. And they, they think they must have enough reality at work yeah. that they want all this fantasy shit. Well, I can tell you that those people that love looking at the cooking shows are probably the ones that order food in. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch them because I'm never going to cook them. No, no, <laughs> well, it's, it's, neither are I, they. I don't have that much time to sit and watch those sort of shows i want to be i want to be educated or not and entertained at the same time but it's uh, it's a bit difficult so what sort of shows do you think phil i like the odd scripted comedy oh that's fun yeah um i like stand-up comedy mm-hmm. on was abc2 oh yes um there's yeah i guess a, a good drama there's some of the the Americans are quite good at that. Mm, mm. But um, I can't tolerate reality television. I don't care about people on an island. I don't care about... Bachelors and bachelorettes well, and, and all, all that, that stuff. And it's they're essentially just trying to put people together so they can have a fight. Mm. Yeah. And I don't want to watch that. There's enough of that goes on in the real world, isn't there? Yeah, and it's just... Mm. There's, there's plenty of good TV around, but the trouble is... It's gone from the free-to-air model to a, a user-pays model. And I don't have the resources to pay for television, so I'm effectively left with the dregs. So you, um, do you, I go through the Green Guide every week and, and read what programs are on and mark off what I would like to see. I use the electronic guide on my TV. Oh, right, okay. Because yeah. I'm saving paper. Yes, you are. Especially you? green paper, which has come from baby trees. Oh, has it? <laughs> That's why it's green. <laughs> That's why it's green. Okay. Yes, yeah. sure thing. The world is full of this fantasy which is passed to us as reality, which is so stupid, you know. But there's different levels of fantasy too. There's the, the comic world, which I don't, frankly, understand. But you, you like one of the greatest comics of all time, The Simpsons. That's, no, that's different again. That's not a comedy. That's an animated, scripted sitcom and the longest-running show on television. And it's, it's different. Well, I'm thinking of, well, we mentioned Stan Lee earlier. He's created so many characters... Very few I know about, but there's a huge devout following of people mm, out there mm, mm, who live for the latest comic. Uh, can't wait for the next blockbuster yeah. movie about some superhero. So, or but you you don't watch cooking shows either, then? I I used to, and I picked up a few techniques and things. Mm, but, but if you look at well, I'll just mention the one on Channel Ten, not by name. The levels at which they cook now are just so far above my skills mm, mm. that I 
couldn't possibly get any value out of their creations. What about you, Chris? Well, I don't plate my meals. Don't you plate your meals? I don't plate up. Oh, don't you? I don't plate up. Oh, dear God. (laughs) What's the world coming to? How much time do you spend in prep? (laughs) Oh, that's right. I was there for a year and then went to grade one. (laughs) (laughs) But the food has to be arranged correctly. And if there's any little spillages, they're going to be wiped off the edge of the plate first before I will sit down and eat my own preparation. Do you allow your potatoes to touch the peas? Oh, or as my my partner in California once told a five year old boy, hide your peas under the mashed potatoes. Your mum will never know. <laughs> and he got caught. <laughs> lovely, but, but, lovely. But I I just find that the the whole thing between fantasy and reality is just yeah. a, a whole. Once again, comics are actually a form of propaganda. They are a story being told and being spread out far and wide, wrapped in new identities, in special people who don't really exist, so that's the fantasy part, but they might still be spouting real social comments. Like when number 96 TV Mm. came on here in Australia and we first saw our uh, gay people. That was a a, a break in reality, but up to that point it would have been fantasy. Mm. Mm. And... Stan Lee was actually pretty good in creating these new guys, uh, Spider-Man, X-Man, Thor, Black Panther, and a few of the well, others. Well, I, I, I'm going to surprise myself. I have never seen one of those movies, ever. No, no, and, I haven't seen the big movies, but however. But there was one on the telly the other night, so I recorded it. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen it yet. And I only caused did it because Hugh Jackman's in it, and I think he's a bit drop-dead gorgeous. Oh, he's got a huge <laughs> something or other? Yes, was following. Huge Ackman. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, the trouble is with me and one of my comedy TV series that I have been introduced to the recently departed Stan Lee, the creator of, of lots of these action figures, by the telling of stories within this new Big Bang Theory comedy show. Which is in its 12th year and winds up in April. But, yeah, they have had Stanley on the show. Yeah. And one of their recreational activities is to, to go to the comic book store. And that's where I've learned probably more about Stanley than anything I've mm. seen in the last mm. few days. Mm. And also they go to Comic-Con. Or to the conventions, which we also have here in Australia. Yes. Yeah. But this is a part of the uh, what I'll call the youth or pre-youth culture that I'm not in touch with because I don't have offspring or of any generation of that age. It's not just youth, sadly. What? Some, well, the guys from the Big Bang Theory are all in their 30s and 40s, and they go to the conventions. Yeah, but that's business for it's, them, though. It, it's, well, no, they're... they're physicists and geeks they they just oh, haven't right. grown up it's but see the, I could, the only comic I can ever remember reading was The Phantom oh, and yeah. Superman and Superman yeah I yeah. watched Superman and The Phantom they were the only two that I ever can remember ever reading yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like the look of The Phantom so I didn't read it I had oh. Mickey Mouse comics and all that sort of rubbish oh, <laughs> The Ghost Who Walks The Ghost Who Walks interestingly enough he as a character in Papua New Guinea is has passed on the condom story that's or right the use of condoms mm. in sex to mm. prevent HIV or other sexual diseases. And he is a, a an action character figure that they can all relate to. Well, there that, you go. What, or to what use a condom or you'll end up with a giddling like the phantom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. 
the difference between reality and fantasy is sort of very blurred now, I'm afraid. For some. Yeah. Hmm. Even news tends to be fake, so they tell me. Oh, well, that's Donald says it's fake. If it's Donald says it's fake, it's fake. No, if he doesn't agree with it, it's fake. Well, look, look oh, yeah, but he doesn't agree with oh, that man. Oh, oh. Yeah. Don't get you started. Get started. We just have. We've we'll <laughs> go and have a piece of music instead. Good. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. We love also getting your little messages. How can we encourage a couple more messages to come in? We get people to go to their computerisator machine, to their their email application program, and enter the address of beenthere at joy.org.au and give us whatever comments they please. On this day, or right about this time, 25th of November 1789, Benelong, the Aborigine, was captured and used as an intermediary between the Aboriginal and white cultures in the area now known as Sydney. And it's it's actually finally being recognised all these, what, 220 or 30 years later as being important enough to have a memorial. Yeah, but they've only got to do the memorial because they finally found out where Ben Long was actually interred after he'd passed away. Because he went to England with the governor of the day. When the governor went back to England, he went back to England and created a bit of a um, controversy sort of thing because they didn't expect a, a, an indigenous black person from Australia to be able to speak a little bit of English. But then he came back, and uh, when he came back, he, he resumed his normal indigenous lifestyle, got married and had a son and passed away at 50. Yeah. Well, Captain Arthur Phillip, who we know as the governor of New South Wales, which did at that stage include probably the area down here to Victoria, uh, wished to learn about the language and customs of the indigenous peoples and went along willingly liaised between the cultures and adopted European dress and other ways. And that made him quite a valuable person. And as you said, he got whisked away to UK mm, to mm. be shown off as a, not a trophy, but as... The, the, the local people. Well, as the mm, local mm. people, yeah. But, but it was interesting because he was one of the, also one of the Indigenous people at the time that taught the early settlers what to eat when their crops failed so that they were able to survive until more stuff arrived from England. What a novel concept. What a novel concept, because after all, the indigenous people have lived in Australia for years and years and years and never cultivated a crop, but they seem to be able to go along. If they were only wise enough to stick to what they'd learnt Mm. and pass that on to us. Yes. And then we wouldn't be talking about droughts as often as we do. No, we probably would run cattle in those sort of places either, but then that's the way the world, isn't it? They've just found his burial site. It's beside the Parramatta River. Yeah, and the government have just spent nearly three million dollars buying the property from a developer so that they can save the actual uh, burial site of Benelong, oh, right. and they're going to make it into a permanent memorial. But they're not going to mark the grave because they don't want vandals to be doing anything no, rotten well, to it. You they'd, know, they'd probably have to liaise with the indigenous peoples oh, to are. find out a respectful way of recognising mm. Benelong. Yeah, because they had a big thing on the television. By, um, on the weekend, I think it was, um, and about the uh, and the, the indigenous people were there in full dress and dancing and doing all sorts of things too. So they recognise that this is a, a very important 
part in their history as well as ours because the two histories have to be involved in the whole damn thing, you yeah. know, which, is, which makes it uh, wonder why even now we're still not taking any notice of the Aboriginal Indigenous community with the Uluru Statement being just thrown out the door once it was given to them. Just unbelievable. He was, a, he was such an intelligent man too, which was, was amazing. But they've named Benelong Point after him where the opera house is. Uh, which yeah. is, really should be noted because so many of our place names have been named after murderous white men. Oh, yes. Yeah. So here's, here's a, a good guy, just happens to be black, and we've remembered him. That's yeah, pretty good yeah, stuff. Yeah. But also, I think we've used quite a few Aboriginal words in our own place naming. Oh, yeah. With Lots it, but, of uh, yeah, towns yeah, around yeah, the, yeah. Australia have well, got Aboriginal names. Th- there's a lot, a lot here in um, Victoria, but if you go to WA... Oh boy, <laughs> some of the names there you could hardly say them. But there is, but is Wagga Wagga one of the places because yes, Wagga Wagga's so good they named it twice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wagga Wagga. Yeah, but there, but the um, it's a, it's lovely that they're starting to take note of the actual yeah. history. Yeah. Of, of what went on, you know. <laughs> well, after Benelong came back from Britain, uh, he readopted his indigenous lifestyle and he regained authority within his own community as a leader. He remarried and he had a son and he died at the age of 50, mm. pretty young, uh, but as a respected member and he was mourned by his people. I think that there is some move as well to try and relocate or find or identify family members that might be buried in the same the, the area actual, in the memorial. The, the actual place where he was buried was part of the land that was owned by the uh, an ex-convict who was the first brewer in New South Wales. Oh, that's right, and, yeah. And uh, when Benelong died, he, uh, he, he was a great friend of Benelong's and he insisted that Benelong be interred on his land. And that's why it is where it is, um, and it's not in somewhere else, you know. So yeah. yeah. So if and, but there's also other people there with him, yeah. uh, with Benelong, and they've they've they don't know who is there, but they know that there are other Indigenous people buried at the mm. same site. Mm. Yeah, I think James Squire was that uh, That's right. first brewer, and uh, one of the big beer companies in Australia has decided to put out a special brand of beer. Of course, James Squire flavour, whatever. Whatever. That means, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. wonder if you can drink it on your bike, Squire. <laughs> Probably on your bike, Squire, yeah. Yeah, that's true too. But it's, 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 it's lovely that they've finally been able to do something mm. for him and, and for the it, community it just, in Sydney. And it builds on our knowledge and integration of us into their land, into their country yeah, as yeah. much as anything. On the 22th of the 11th in 1956, that's... Oh, more than 60 years ago. 62. Uh, yes. Uh, the Melbourne Olympics uh, was opened here in Melbourne. I don't know that people in Sydney actually th- knew that it happened here because when the Sydney Olympics came on, they said, oh, the first Australian Olympics. No. Sorry. <laughs> we did it first. But yeah. people in Sydney don't recognise Melbourne as part of Australia. It's that thing between Melbourne and Sydney, which is so you're, stupid. You're being facetial. Yes, yes, yes. But I was surprised to see that the Melbourne Olympics were awarded to Melbourne in April 1949. Yeah, well, they had yeah. to be. They, you get that. But like they, they've already awarded the, the 2024 um, yeah, but that's Olympics. Only, 2024, that's another six years away. Yeah, but this but is that's in Paris. And that was 17, awarded, 18 years. Yeah, but that was awarded two years ago. 
you know. So it's yeah, I know they do in advance, but this is well, they have massive. To. Yeah. Well, they need all that time to build all the stadia. Well, we had we were fortunate. We had the Melbourne Cricket Ground already there, which was one big stadium, and they they did build some a uh, lovely swimming pool over by the river on the other side, and the velodrome, and the velodrome, which was next door to it. So, yeah. and uh, many years later, I saw the um, Harlem Globetrotters. Yes, it really made Melbourne again. Basically, made Melbourne the sports capital of Australia, which we've still done. You know, with the with the tennis and the Melbourne Cup and all those sort of things, we're still very very up there in the sport and the football yeah. well and, you've got yeah. to spend money to make things happen yeah well they're going to spend more money on something else too aren't they? well they spent money prior to the 56 olympics in the suburbs they built Heidelberg. many stadiums like we've got one in blackburn at mm. our woody ground and there were like six other suburban grounds got a little like a well a substantial change room and yeah and mini grandstand so that the international teams could train before the games. And West Heidelberg became the uh, Olympic Village. And they, once they moved out, the, uh, they were able to let the um, houses in West Heidelberg out to tenants and sell some of them. Yeah. yeah so I think we probably gain more from the Olympics than modern cities do because they're spending obscene amounts of money on venues that they don't have yet. But Philip, it still, uh, took, it still took Melbourne a long, long time to pay for it. Oh, by the well, time they yeah. paid for it off, by the time they paid it off, it was it was many many years afterwards. Yeah, but we had instant use of the the grounds and things. Oh yes, that's so they right. they were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some countries that have won the Olympics, like Barcelona, they just walked away from all the infrastructure that they built, mm. and it's fallen into, fallen into degrade. Into, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, the Munich Olympics for all the trouble that they had in 1972. Mm. Channel Nine bought their first color TV cameras. Secondhand from the Olympic Committee. Oh, right. So they've got cheap German technology. That, yeah, but that was, and but it was the best technology for oh, colour. Oh, was good stuff. Mind, mind you, a hell of a lot better than the American system, which we didn't want. No, yeah. there you are. Uh, stay tuned because there is more coming up. We've uh, got some international press items to relate to you. But you're with Phil, Chris, and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy, ninety-four point nine. Love radio. Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on. Anywhere. You're with Chris, Phil and Gordon. Been there, done that, Joy 94.9. Are we going to go international now, are we? We are. Oh, well done. Um, I I look on the electric machine Mm -hmm. and find little stories, so I scratch out a few little notes, and uh, there was something there regarding Swaziland and their anti-gay discrimination. The Swaziland's queer community... They've still got the colonial era laws against homosexuality. And they've got a ruler, a king, who reportedly described gay people as satanic. The poor people in in, uh, Swaziland who are gay, they've actually been getting out and making their own demonstrations in favour of themselves. And uh, uh, this little report says that the people are actually getting strength through their own struggles and they're hoping that they can make the legislations turn in their favour. So they've they've got a massive fight on their hands to get rid of this old discrimination and have a ruler uh, who will look favourably upon them. Yes, Swazi, I think Swaziland was part of the British Commonwealth, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I, I think it still is. I'm not sure because I know that some of the royals go down to Swaziland when there's a royal 
um, coronation or something or other, yeah. But the, um, the, the you've got to wonder where they get their ideas from yeah. with the way but it works. See, the police actually, uh, who would be uh, prosecuting the laws against gay people, are actually quite in favour of the Pride March. They will applaud them. They've even been known to wave the rainbow flags. And uh, well, so the, 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 the people are accepting, but the rules and the ruler are following up the track. Well, I think, you, like should, regular I think you should get out and see the real world then yeah. perhaps and stop buggerising around. Well, I wonder if they because the internet will start getting into these little corners of the world mm. and hopefully show them how nice people live. Yeah. And you don't have a single ruler who's you know self-appointed and oh. living in the yeah, ancient but, past. Yeah, but you've got a single ruler in America at the moment, haven't yeah. you? Look at all the rubbish they're carrying on. Oh, they're, oh, no, they're he's been turning, married lots of times. Yeah. Uh, and they're turning back <laughs> some yeah, of the, the games. Some of been, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, Last week we we talked about Tanzania and the uh, anti-gay crackdown and people being dobbing dobbing other people in and mm. and uh, people being uh, basically run out of town or run out of the uh, the country. Denmark has said, "Well, hold on, guys. We give you millions of dollars in aid, and uh, we're going to stop doing that because you're doing all these anti-gay things." Yeah, there is costs of. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays but out. But I wonder whether China would step in there because China's doing a lot of work in Africa at the moment in uh, different countries in Africa. Yeah, so you know, I don't see, I don't think Denmark will walk out and uh, China will walk in. It's uh, you can't just quite do that. But at least it will give a little bit of a fright to Tanzania with the reduction of uh, finance from mm, mm. gifts. Yeah, be careful what you say and what you try and entice your public to do. Mm. Because there are consequences. Well, that's fair enough too. There should be. Yeah, you know. From Malaysia, we hear a little story where the Bohemian Rhapsody film has Queen. had, has had, yeah, has had twenty-four minutes cut out of it, and it's really weird. Uh, I don't know what the Malaysians are really freaked out about, but apparently there was a scene, 24 minutes of it, in which Queen performing this particular Bohemian Rhapsody song, I Want to Break Free, uh, and it featuring a group in drag. That's Freddie cleaning the floors with a vacuum cleaner dressed up as a maid. Yeah. Like, hello, it's a bit of comedy. But all the other females were the other members of the group. It wasn't just Freddie. That's, that's right. Yeah, they were all they were all dressed up as, as in drag, and they were just doing housework. We've got to be free, which is a song for the women yeah. to be free. You know, that don't have to do housework anymore. But I, I was talking to a whole bunch of people who have seen the movie, and every single one of them, when I mentioned this, they said, "Well, what would you cut out?" They couldn't see anything that was promoting homosexuality or anything like that. So yeah, but that, but then yeah. again, I don't know what they're worried about up in Malaysia. Well, um, see, Malaysia. the film censorship board is the people with the, got the, uh, their ore in the ointment. Knickers in a knot. They said, sorry, the film censorship board of Malaysia stated that homosexual characters could only be portrayed on screen if they repent or die. Oh, God. Well, Freddie died in the end, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, but in, <laughs> but in, that was in 2010 that the mm. film censorship board uh, stated that attitude. And then 2013, the, the uh, research centre shared a poll that revealed 86% of the population didn't agree with homosexuality. So the poor people in Malaysia have got um, a battle on their hands as well. But 
you've got to remember that basically Malaysia is basically a Muslim country. Yeah. So that's their religion coming into that part of it, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but oddly enough, there are gay Muslims. Yes, there are too. They're not exempt. But the point is that there are a lot of gay Muslims that they live still live quite comfortably because they marry and have children but go off and have their boyfriends on the side. Yeah. yeah. On the so, down low. Well, well done, you know. Well, Rock Hudson, who uh, was born on the 17th of November 1925 and died of an AIDS-related illness, is having his own life story retold in a biopic. That'll be interesting to see how much real footage compared to the theatrical footage will be replayed because we know that there is... Uh, with a lot of gay actors, as in case you didn't realise, Rox Hasn't was, there's a backstory. He, mm. His life wasn't as it was portrayed on, ski, on the screen. Oh, that was fantasy. Mm. The reality was that he was having... Yeah, he was, he was having a beaut time. But, yeah. but it's interesting to see that the director of the film is the bloke that made Love, Simon, the movie oh, that was right. very, very well received. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so he also did Dawson's Creek and Riverdale, which have gay characters, gay characters in, in it. Yeah, so he's very gay-friendly, the director, apparently. But yeah. uh, it would be very yeah. interesting to see what they've been able to come up with that wasn't um, bought out already, you know. Mm. And there's not much that hasn't been bought out already. But <laughs> Yeah. About 40 years ago, there was a play that went to air, and, of course, back, that's back in 1978, it was a groundbreaking social commentary play, mm. and it was called Torch Song Trilogy mm-hmm. uh, by Harvey Fierstein. That was played here at the National Theatre with, oh, God, I can't remember his name. Ridge. No, no, t- uh, Tony Lamont's son. Oh, yeah. Tony Sheldon. Yeah. Tony Sheldon played the part at the in the National Theatre down in St Kilda. Mm. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. brilliant production. Mm. Uh, but that particular play was one of the earlier plays which included lots of gay characters of all parts of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. A few outrageous people, some quiet ones, but anyway, it was running at the heart of the AIDS crisis and uh, it, it was a form of education for parts of the community who were wanting to be educated about our part in the, the world. Yeah, yeah. And so that's being uh, re- Lit, as they say, the torch is being relit 40 years later and it's uh, back with a new urgency because the new urgency is the unwinding of hard-won rights. Rights, yeah, and it's the, the it's going to be brought against up the trolls and the um, all the, um, the trolls and the hate-embracing Trump administration. Mm. They're going to try to um, try to combat that sort of thing going on what they're doing you know so but they're tr- they're going to try to wind back a lot of things and now that they've got control of the um supreme court um they're going to try to wind back uh, equal marriage over there mm, but and abortion and all sorts but they've, of things they've lost the the chamber that they lost the house out the money yeah they lost the house so that um, he's got to go very careful you know but apparently when he came back from paris they he went into a thing they were the the comments that were written by the staff were sort of saying, we've never known such lunacy as what he's carrying on with now. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Yes, I think what Trump is starting to learn, although I can't see him as much of a learner, but you can't just think of something and do it. There are forces in place, there are ways of doing things, and, and undoing laws mm. is much harder than he thinks. Well, I, I, but if you've got, if you've got the... Um, 
Supreme Court behind you, you can sort of bring up anything you want to, really. Yeah, but I think you'll find that the, the public won't accept their country being dragged into the past. Well, they go to, there's, there's, there'll be a hell of a fight, that's for sure. Yeah. But, but it's, 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 it, it would be getting back to places like, as we were talking before about Tanzania and uh, all these places that have made, um, and Ur- uh, Uganda and all those places that have made um, gay people the butt of everything that's going to happen to them. You know? Yeah, well, we, we don't want them gaining strength from hate and bigotry no. and high office in other countries. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. that's, that's where we're headed. Well, yep. It's just, but, um, it's, you just wonder how it's going to all happen. But anyhow, look at the time. Look at the time. Yes, it's time for us to pack up the shop here and uh, take it away. Can we and pack up our troubles in our old kit bag? Oh, yes, like we did last like week. That, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, what's the end of the Mickey Mouse Club? <laughs> now it's time to <laughs> say goodbye to all our family. Yeah, M I C K E Y M O U S E. Who, by the way, turns 90 this week. Oh, Mickey Mouse does. 90 yes, years right. old. Happy birthday, Mickey Happy Mouse. Mouse. Wow. All right, you. well, we better say bye for now. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.